We're live here. Yes, we are to a virtual book launch. I am just excited to see live stream. You know, we were doing the Zoom thing for first, and I want to welcome first Paul Hollis, author of the Hollow Man series and also owner of Hollow Man Publishing. Paul, this is exciting, right? Now we, we, we do these like emceeing of book launches in Zoom and only certain people could see it. Today, they all could see it as we're right. live streaming on different eight different platforms. How are you, Paul? I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, today we have with us uh, uh, Frank Fiore, who is a great multi-genre multi uh, author. And, and today we're going to talk about uh, his newest uh, book uh, called Daijin. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I so guess we're going to really well, break this down in, in, when we do virtual book launches. And again, everyone, if they want to purchase Frank's book, again, you can find it. It's available on Amazon right now. Uh, if you have questions, drop them in the comments of any of the live streams and we'll answer them later on. But this whole process of how you decided to write Digen, which is really interesting as it's spelled I-G-I-N, and you came up with this idea how. You really are creative to figure out stories and how they fit into specific genres that you enjoy, correct? Right. In fact, I like that we should show the audience uh, the book. There we go. That is the book. Very nice. And, uh, there's, a number, there's a couple of different elements uh, of why I wrote this book. I always like to play on what ifs. And the thought came to me one day and said, uh, what if instead of Japanese pilots in a kamikaze plane, suppose it's an American pilot, in fact, an American teenager. How can I get him into a kamikaze plane? Because well, it doesn't seem to make any sense. And the reason why I, I like that is because um, many of my books uh, focus on the concept of alienation and how a person is alienated from his society, from even from himself. And I like to, I always like to explore themes like that. And Daijin is a perfect vehicle. And here we have an American boy in Japan who then is alienated both not only at home in California to begin with, but when he gets to Japan, he's got some real alienation because he is a, a fish out of water in a culture that he knows nothing about. Yeah, and that's that. So this is just mind blowing to think that an American could be a kamikaze pilot in, in, in Japan during World War II. Paul, what are you thinking when you heard that storyline? That just doesn't make sense. Admit it's, it's, well, it's so different. It's fascinating. It's an intriguing concept. So I, I was uh, I was anxious to get started reading it, and which I've done, and it's a, it's a great read. So well, Frank, I kind of going into it more, what research did you find out that this, that this could, could probably happen an american born japanese uh Jap japanese kid decides to become a kamikaze pilot for the, for for J for japan in world war ii well this concept is not that far far gone uh an actual japanese american uh, during world war ii raised and born in america japanese american he decides after reading all the literature and the propaganda that he wants to go back to his home country or go to his home country and become a kamikaze pilot. And uh, you can find that book on Amazon. It's called Jig, S-C-H-I-G, Jig. And it tells the story of him 
uh, coming to Japan, learning how to become a Japanese pilot, uh, a kamikaze pilot. Of course, you're saying, how can there someone who write a biology, write a biography about being a, a kamikaze pilot and surviving? Well, if they're doing much of the research, you realize that many uh, of the kamikaze pilots did survive and for a number of different reasons and became kamikaze pilots for a number of different reasons. And in my research, I find out that Yes, they were kamikaze pilots who would die for the emperor, right? There was a percentage of those. But there was another percentage that didn't do, that didn't become kamikaze pilots because they would have died for the emperor. But if you, as you read the book, you realize that at that time, Japan was being bombed into oblivion by B-29 bombers and, and, and P-51 Mustangs flew and uh, had the freedom to fly anywhere and attack any, 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 anything they wanted. So the Japanese at that time just felt that uh, uh, th they were threatened. Their family was uh, under threat, and the only way to to uh, defend their family was to become a Japanese uh, and then a kamikaze pilot and go after the, the ships, the carriers that were uh, uh, that were uh, roaming the seas and then uh, and allowing these planes to take off and do their worst on 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 uh, the Japanese families. Yeah, and uh, so how and i guess we don't want to give away the book for sure we don't uh when you thought of this how does the family feel about this and how does the united states feel about somebody from the u.s deciding to become a kamikaze pilot for japan that's not a good thing right if you're at, at that time period no no well, well the americans didn't know anything about uh, about american teenage boys uh, becoming a pilot it was very unique but it does mirror the book Sheik for the, for the motivation of what, why they did it. And uh, when they sent the kamikazes out, they were the, they were two types of flights. There was the flight that would actually do the crashing into the plane, into, into these ships. But there was another uh, flight that, that went with them that would uh, report back. But they have to know if, you know, obviously the pilots did, the kamikazes didn't get back. But they would they would they would not attack ships. They would uh, be do the reporting, and, and then I guess take their turn when their turn comes up to actually uh, crash their planes into the American ships. And then there's but 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 we had different types of people on these flights. And and in my, in my book I show the hero being in that kind of a flight, and um, and but wanted to crash a plane into the into the American aircraft carrier anyway. But through a through a plight a, a plot twist, um, he doesn't get to do that. So... It's interesting. I have a question for you, Frank. Um, were were the the suicide uh, pilots were they at the first of the war, or they just came about at the end of the war? No, the, this strategy was developed by the end of the war. Uh, the, the you know the last several months of the war, the, the, they had no way to get to stop the American carriers. They had no air force. Japan had no air force, okay? They had no Navy, but it was decimated by that time. And the, and the planes they had left and the bombers, they actually had bombers too. Uh, they they the, the, they converted those into, into kamikaze weapons. See, that's wild. That's really crazy. And we're gonna get into some Japanese facts that Frank knows, especially World War II facts. Uh, during this live book launch. Remember, anyone can go right now and check out and purchase the book available on Amazon. And it's I-G-I-N, In the Hands of God, 
And is there no other iGym when you search? I-J-I-N. Is there any other place that you could search and find it? It's supposed to be in all the Amazon internationally, the different Amazon sites and Barnes and Noble. But when you search, it's best to say Daijin, I-G-I-N, in the hands of the gods. And that way it'll come up on the, on the search stuff. How did you come up with the word in the hands of God? In the, the well, that, is, that is a quote coming out of the a chapter in the book uh, between uh, the uh, Japanese father, who's also uh, a, a, uh, a pilot, and on, and, uh, on uh, the Yamamoto staff, and the diplomat, diplomat that was trying to uh, uh, bring peace between America and Japan. And they were talking about, you know, what do you think the luck is or what do you think the chances are? And, and the little Democrat, the diplomat just says, well, it's in the hands of the gods. Okay. Now let's just jump back a, a bit with who's, how's the feedback been so far? People read the book. What have you heard so far? I'm sorry. What was the question? The feedback, feedback of people that have read the book so far. Paul has read some of it, but what have you been hearing? Uh, well, I have the books now in the hands of friends and what have you, and uh, a couple of them basically said that they didn't realize what the what, what the Japanese history was in World War II. They learned about that. They learned about the culture, uh, the, and they also learned about how Japan got there. I mean, I mean talk, you know, just like just like Germany, we're talking about at the time sophisticated modern civilizations. Okay, gone mad. And how, why, and and uh, I and I delve into that in, in the books in, in volume one, and you could see uh, that the, the slow march toward militarism uh, in, in in Japan, and then volume two and three, when they, when they come out, you'll see uh, how how it develops in, uh, through the war, and how Connor himself, Connor the Connor Williams, the uh, American teenager how he deals with this and, and how he learns the different cultures to the different individuals that he meets and, and finally has to face uh, what, what the other kamikaze pilots had to face. How do I save my family? You know, because I know these Americans are going to kill them. And so I want to save them. Totally save them in any way you can. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's the, uh, Thing. You know, when I think about listening to the story, Frank, I, I, it's something that could definitely be a movie uh, just based on the story and everything. Do you picture everything that you write because you've written so many books that it could be a movie? Well, when I write a book, I don't write chapters. I write scenes. I like to see here's what this would look like on the, on the big screen. So that's how I write, uh, write a book. If I write, they're not chapters, they're scenes, you know, and you put it to effect uh, one of the stories. Uh, one of the best rules of writing fiction and uh, in, of writing a movie, if you really stop and think about it, every scene that they have has some sort of conflict in it. Conflict between people, conflict between ideas, conflict within conflict within each individual characters. And because that's what makes it makes a story interesting is that conflict and to see how, uh, how it moves along. And you'll look at any movie in any, any type of movie, any type of book, if it's successful, if it's, that is, if it's if it's a good read for the uh, uh, for the for the person viewing or buying the book, then there's going to be conflict in it, and that's that's what makes it the the book interesting, the movie interesting. No, no doubt about it. What was your favorite thing about writing the book? Uh, yeah, sorry. What was your favorite thing about writing the book? 
Now, the end. <laughs> Paul knows what I'm talking about, to be finished. I, I was a, that was a quote by some author saying the best part is was when it's finished, when I finish it. But no, but I enjoyed the research and learned. I learned a lot when I write my books. I, and, and I also put my own personal experiences in, if I can. Have you been to Japan? I've landed at the Tokyo airport on a layover to Hong Kong for a few hours. That was it. <laughs> Do you but, want to go to Japan at one point oh, in time? Definitely. We'd love to go to Japan. I mean, the culture now, I mean, what a refined culture. In fact, if you, uh, if you people uh, are familiar, and the audience is familiar, that it, it, FX channel is, is, is redoing a Shogun. And Shogun, at least the original Shogun, give you a really good feel about that culture and how it developed into what happened in Japan eventually. And so we hope to watch Shogun on the FX channel and, uh, and, and they're gonna, the people, the viewers will learn a lot about the, the roots of, of what happened there and how they developed into, uh, um, into, into the Japan of World War II. It was a really a goal of mine to ever, to get to wrestle in Japan, especially with the big guys that were in pro wrestling then. Now they don't have a lot of big guys like the giant Baba and stuff, but I've always had a dream, well, at least when I was a professional wrestler, to wrestle in Japan. I got to go to Germany, but I want to go to Japan. So I guess I'm putting it out there right now. Sumo wrestling. If, if, <laughs> if I have I, all these goals I put up, I'm going to wrestle in Japan. Okay. And that's a shout out to anyone listening to these live streams. And now, Oh, Paul, you know, it's not just going to YouTube. They just go on social media and they're able to spot these uh, different things. Now, volume two is volume one going to really shock people to want to read volume two without giving it away. Well, yeah, gonna, uh, hopefully volume one will get people interested in the characters that they laid out and, and what's going to happen to them. And uh, exiting volume one, we have Japan at war. They just bombed Pearl Harbor. Now, oh, so what's going to you know what's going to happen uh, to the family, to Connor, to the to the characters that are that that are developed in, in the in the books? You know what's going to go on, and the characters uh, uh, they're not just all gung ho. There are some some, especially the army, they they're really brutal, brutal, brutal training and brutal people. While the navy uh, didn't really want to go to war, they knew they knew if they that that attack in America. Would be a very big, big mistake, and and their and their discipline and their and their ways they they obeyed the emperor what have you but they didn't go whole hog like the like the uh, the army did, and if you think about it, uh, who trained the army and the navy? Well, the army was trained by 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 Germans uh, and right. German consultants, while the navy was trained by the British. So right there, you begin to see. <laughs> the German approach to you know the war and the training of military and a naval approach and and, and right. you, can, you can see the divergence there. Definitely, Navy Germany was better Navy than Jap Jap Japan. You think Germany had a better Navy? No, they didn't. I mean, they, they lost their Navy. Okay. They they were ground. They like even Hitler admitted that uh, that 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 we're a ground force. There's no way he couldn't figure out how to get in get over to England, of course, at 90 miles in the English Channel. Right. And then of course they had to confront the Navy, which was the British Navy, which was huge at the time as opposed to the German Navy. Let's think about the alliance now. How that alliance came about, Japan, Germany, uh, you know, how did why they made no sense to be allies, right? 
Well, Japan. in the book, in the book, they talk about three enemies, right? And uh, there's the, the real enemy, there's the enemy within, and then there are friendly enemies. And uh, that's how the Navy looked at it. And the Navy was against the uh, trial, the, uh, the, the tri-pact. Uh, they didn't want to get into it because they knew what would happen. That, that they'd have to follow whatever Hitler and Mussolini did, and that would bring in uh, into a war against Britain and America. Uh, so the to the, the tripod tri uh, pact uh, was fully accepted by the by the German by the British uh, excuse me by the Japanese uh, army and the military, but it was the navy that was tried to fight against it until finally they you know that they could they couldn't do it anymore. They had a uh, they had to work with this thing. Uh, they didn't like the idea that they, that this was really a, an army war. They, they said that, then they say it in the book, you'll see this was really an army war. And all they wanted the Navy for was to uh, ferry the army around. <laughs> right. You know, I start thinking about this historically. Now look at the times we're in right now. Think about the wars we're in. The war in Croatia, you know, I mean, Croatia, I mean, oh my gosh. That, and live, I'm messing up. Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine, Croatia, Ukraine. No, the war in Ukraine, definitely the war in Israel. Are we seeing another assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in its play happening right now for World War Three, Frank? Well, there are two reasons for that. Um, the main reason is that we have leadership uh, that is just uh, they, they just don't want to get off the spot. That whole thing in uh, in Yemen, for instance, should have been should have been solved. Uh, months ago, but the, uh, the the president administration is trying to maneuver around and try and stay out of war. And all they're doing is they're showing our enemies appeasement, which is only making them stronger. I mean, in, uh, Israel has to take out Hamas no matter what. Hamas said, "Yeah, we're going to get you no matter what." You know, it's like like a, like a shark coming at you, right? All it knows is they do is going to kill you, great white. Okay, you can't negotiate with it. You can't appease it. You have to get rid of it. And that's what Israel has to do with Hamas. And what do we do with our administration? We tell them, well, cease fire and be, do nice, nice. And you don't do nice, nice to a great white that's coming to eat you. And, 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 right. Do you think we're going to be in a world war? If we don't get the current administration out of here, yeah, I think so. Because our enemies, are have, uh, we've given uh, comfort to our enemies and we, we're not supporting our allies. And that's what it's right. coming down to. So let's think about the alliances that are happening right now. The United States really doesn't have an alliance. And then the alliance, the evil alliance of Russia, of Afghanistan, of, of again, of, of you look at specifically enough, um, China, uh, it's really a big, and North Korea, if they all align together and the entire Middle East, there's no way us and Europe can even win this war. No way. We're not learning the lessons of World War II at all. No. Uh, and uh, and how we got into it, you know, all the appeasement and what have you. And uh, it's really interesting. America, the American military or certain certain views of them, of the Japanese, that they 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 we'll have to worry about it. they're bad pilots because they have to wear glasses. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> creating a strategy based on that kind of hubris, you know? And uh, there's the mistakes like that. We we, we underestimate our enemies, and uh, and and in World War Two, we're doing it again now. 
And all we're trying because to- of all the appeasement in World War II, yeah. letting Hitler do what he wanted to do. Look, it's there, surprising. Look, yeah, there, there's evil in the world, and if you can't admit that, then oh, then it's going to come and get you. I'm just sorry. There is evil in the world. The people, the the the, the liberal progressive is that no, no, no. We can negotiate with it. And uh, it, it, here's another weird thing: talking about not not knowing reality. Now, when the war broke out in Europe, uh, they, they, the, the British the Air Force said, okay, we're going to go bombing the factories and, and what have you. We know, you know, obviously, we want to prevent uh, Germany from, develop, uh, from making weapons or what have you. Well, there was a movement <laughs> in businesses, a movement of, of businesses in, uh, in England saying, oh, you can't bomb the factories. It's not the private property. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> and it's to have that kind of mindset that you can't because it's private property, you know, and, and it, you can't win a war that way <laughs> with that kind of mindset. You're absolutely not going to win a war that way. And that's the concern. Uh, I remember the one from Charlie Wilson's war, the woman from Charlie Wilson's war I had on my show, I forget her name. And she told me this 15 years ago, the alliance that was developing. And she was very, very concerned. I can't remember her name. Is she alive or not? Alive or dead, we'll have to look. And before you know it, I'll go. My I'll get my crack research team on that uh, for sure. When you go live, it's like, oh man, now it's live. It's out there. It can't be deleted. I made a mistake. Oh boy, out of my <laughs> twenty thousand shows now. And this is again our virtual book launch. Go ahead and purchase the book Digen right now. It's available on Amazon. Beautiful cover, Frank. Show it one more time to the audience because if you're a historical buff. You should pick up In the Hands of God, a novel, Frank F. Fiore, and uh, pick up Igen today. How did you come up with the cover, Frank? What, like, was that as a process, too? Did your publishing no, team, or is that no, more your design? No, my publisher did. He came uh-huh. in good. He got, and I don't know what we're going to do with volume two and volume three. I know what volume three is going to be. That's going to be a cover that I designed for the whole book. Um, hold on one minute. Uh, this is great. As he's going live, as Paul and I are here, uh, yeah. live, uh, book now, launch. Look, oh. close, look close at this. Uh huh. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of kamikaze pilots. All yeah, I like that. Person in the middle look is a young teenage boy, white. <laughs> so, is that which one is that supposed to be, Frank? Second one, volume three. Three. Oh, so you already picked volume three out already before volume two? For the cover, I'd like that to be the cover. I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna come up with with volume two. How did you create the cover for volume three? They did. Say it. Oh. Did they create volume three's cover? Uh, no, I, I I I didn't create it, but I had someone under my uh, uh, under my uh, tutelage to say that's what I want. I wanted this because I mean. It, it grabs your attention. What's this? What is it? Tam Kazi pilots, and then you get this American little boy. You know what? The, you know. So, so that's the, important. Have you seen where your best-selling books have been based on the cover, Frank? As the first um, one. Well, not really. I mean, Cyberkill has gone through a couple of iterations, but uh, the covers should should help sell the book. The covers should tell the story about what this what the book is about, or at least get get the interest. Um, but yeah, but good covers are done well, and that'll help to sell the belt book. All right, Paul, any other questions for Frank? 
Oh, <clears throat> no, fascinating. I, I can't wait to finish it. I'm I'm partway through it, and and uh, it's it's a great read, folks. Yeah, you need to need to read this one. Yeah, did no, you Paul? Did you find the history dry, or did I do did a good do a good job of the bringing it to life with the characters? Yeah, I, I think you did actually. You know, my my father fought in the Pacific in the Second World War, and uh, so he's he had he through Guadalcanal and Iwo Jima and Saipan and Wake Islands and Okinawa. I mean, I can't even count them all, but but um, yeah, no, it was it was uh, pretty much the 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 few stories that he told me. It's it was it rings true from what you're saying. All right. Oh, uh, well, guess what, Frank? You started this with the live stream. We're going to go live stream for every book launch, every show, everything uh, on my uh, based on Media Giant Productions, a new thing. Because live stream is a different thing, right? We're really producing this whole thing, Frank. It's done after this. That's part of the new uh, Media Giant Productions involving the live stream television. All right, so people need to go. Right now to Amazon, pick up the book. Frank, uh, I'm sure they could drop you a line. We need reviews, right, of people that have bought the book so far, right? To write Amazon reviews, right, Frank? Right, write reviews. And if they have, if they want to reach me uh, for some reason or other, just I'm Frank at FrankFiori.com. FrankFiori.com is my domain. So Frank at FrankFiori.com. All right. So March 20th. I guess, or the next Tuesday, I guess the third Tuesday in March, Cyberkill. Oh man, I'm going to be talking AI forever. Maybe we can make this really exciting for people. Maybe we can start to model AI only in this live stream. We'll talk about the book and we'll take questions about how to use AI to your advantage. I think that would really get people excited for that book launch. And if they purchase the book, they can basically, uh, we'll have some special incentive. And then Cyber Kill the movie, we got to have that happen, right, Frank? So check yeah, out Frank well, Fiore on all different social platforms. Appreciate it. Paul Hollis, go to the hollowmanpublishing.com, or I'm sorry, hollowmanseries.com, and then right. paulhollisauthor.org, and that, or net, or com. Com. <laughs> a comp paulhollisauthor.com to check out hollow man publishing i'm telling you you need to write a book today and you got to go with paul appreciate it guys signing off of this live book launch take care